Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's finally here. College football championship weekend. It will determine, uh, among other things, the final four teams in the college football playoffs. We've got Alabama, Georgia, Texas, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Northwestern, UCF, and Memphis, and we're going to discuss it all with our college football writer, Matt Baker of the Tampa Bay Times, all on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Before we get started with Matt, hey, if you're like me, you're probably sick and tired of paying these higher electric bills. My last electric bill was well over $300, and folks, around the holidays, that's insane. So if you want to save 90 to 95% on your electric bills, listen to me now, Call May Electric Solar. That's right. They're a locally owned company. May Electric Solar is the safest solar available and doesn't use high voltage like many other companies. And May Electric Solar has 25-year warranty on all their equipment and labor, and they use only their employees, no subcontractors ever. And May Electric Solar has a full showroom, and you can see their products, and they are open weekdays. So stop the insanity of these out-of-control electric bills. Start saving 90 to 95% now. Call May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. And right now, you can also receive a 30% tax credit by changing to solar through 2019. So that's coming up quick. So call May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. All right, Matt Baker joins us now. And Matt, uh, you know, last week, of course, uh, was rivalry weekend and uh, set up some of these championship games. But you were at Florida, Florida State. Let's start there. The Seminoles weren't much match for the Gators. I don't think that was a surprise. Um, but the overall feeling about the, those those two programs and sort of where they're at right now. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll start with the Seminoles because that's the biggest thing that jumped out. Is they're sure. just they're just not a good team. I mean, mm-hmm. I think in some ways it's it's good for them that their season is merciful, you know, mercifully over because I don't know what they were going to get about going to Shreveport or the Gasparilla Bowl or whatever. Those guys, they need to get on the road recruiting. They need to, to fix a bunch of holes, starting with the offensive line. But there's there's a lot of other issues that they have, too. I mean, the, the big thing that jumped out on a, a bad football team was just the complete lack of lack of discipline and being able to do the simple things. I mean, hmm. they, they, they've replaced uh, their, you know, switched right tackles in the first quarter. And then when one of the, the new guys' first, uh, first series gets called for false starts on back-to-back plays. Um, they had a <clears throat> touchdown, a 70-yard touchdown pass to Cam Akers called back because of an illegal shift. Florida State mm-hmm. fans didn't really think it was, but it was close enough to where, like, look, that's the stuff that can't happen. And then I think the biggest indictment I can say about just how bad they are right now, it's uh, first five, six minutes of the fourth quarter, they're backed up deep. Um, so, again, they're 47 quarters through the season and, and they still can't get lined up properly they only had 10 guys on the field and chauncey gardner johnson the gators uh outspoken let's say defensive back was calling over to the sidelines hey how y'all think you can beat us y'all ain't even prepared y'all got not got the right number of guys out here and then mm. they they draw you know the 11th guy trotted in and the pass went incomplete 
like that's just kind of the way their season went where they're just so they can't do the simple things right and if you can't do the simple things right then there's no way you're going to be able to compete with even the decent teams let alone the, the good teams like florida or the great teams like clemson and then I mean, on, some on of the, that yeah you know, I was just just to jump, just interject. I mean, some of that, like you know, a, a new right tackle jumping off sides could be because, you know, he's nervous, hasn't played much. Uh, it's still a lack of discipline, obviously, but you can almost excuse that. What's inexcusable is not having eleven guys on the field. That's coaching. Yep, it is. There, there's there, there's a lot of things about this, this year for Florida State that we can say it's coaching. I mean. Again, the, the biggest, most obvious culprit on Saturday was, aside from the lack of discipline at times, was the offensive line. It's just not very good. It wasn't mm-hmm. good all season. Um, and some of that is not Willie Taggart's fault. I feel like I say this every single week. Um, yeah. Some of it's not his fault because the line wasn't great last year. Heck, when Dalvin Cook was, was, was there, the line wasn't great either. Um, but it, it was it was good enough. And, and Jimbo missed on some recruiting stuff. They had some other things with... Uh, transfers and one of the better players getting dismissed and, and this, that, and the other. But at a certain point, you, you got to understand, okay, this is this is the guys we got. This is who we are. How can we best put ourselves in position to do something? Is it uh, more, you know, quarterback sprinting out more to try and get away from the pass rush that he knows is coming? Is it just really quick passes, like kind of um, thinking back to what the Gators did against Mississippi State, where they, they knew they weren't going to block those guys. So just let's just do a bunch of quick passes and, and do it that way. So the, you have to, be, if you know that's the problem, you have to scheme around it. And Florida State didn't do enough of that uh, on Saturday or the rest of the season, and that's why they are where they are. Yeah, Willie Taggart has a lot of work <laughs> to do, and clearly uh, there's some people upset there in Tallahassee. So we'll we'll give him this recruiting season and see if he can fix. Some of those holes, and, and as you mentioned, uh, the bowl streak is over, so he'll have time to do that. The Gators, meanwhile, though, they they win nine games and look like for all the world that they're headed to a New Year's, New Year's Six Bowl, right? They came in at number nine in the latest college football playoff rankings announced Tuesday night. I spent a good amount of time jotting down on my notes, okay, what if this happens, what if this happens, what if that happens? I can't come up with a scenario where they're not in a New Year's Six Bowl. Uh, maybe there's one that I haven't thought of, but I, I can't I can't see it. So the most likely scenario would still be either the fee, the, the the Feach, the Fiesta or the Peach or, you know, put them together and you get Feach. Um, <laughs> one of those two bowls, um, the, the Sugar Bowl is still in play. The Sugar Bowl will, takes the top SEC team that's not in the playoff. It's not outlandish to think both Bama and Georgia could get into the final four. I mean. I think right now Bama is an absolute lock. They they haven't played a game uh, that that's been decided by fewer than I think it's 22 points. Uh, I think CBS had the stat that that hasn't happened since Yale in like 1888 or something just ridiculous. So I, I think Bama is, is probably a lock at this point. So if Georgia wins, or maybe even if Georgia can hang within you know three to seven points on Bama, maybe Georgia is going to get in. And, and in that case, then the Gators would be headed to the Sugar Bowl. Um, against the Big 12 team, in that case, probably uh, Oklahoma or Texas. It, it's, it's, it's weird because, just kind of taking a step back here, Florida's not a great team. They're good. They're, they're in the realm of good. It's just a weird year because there's not a lot of upper-middle-class teams. I mean, think of it like a neighborhood, right? There, there's some really big mansions that, that you and I could never afford. That's your Bamas and your Clemsons. There's a bunch of, like, 
three bed, two bath, kind of normal, n- nice, normal human being homes. But there's not a lot of McMansions that are that are a million dollars and, you know, again, nicer than, than you and I could afford. But but not the, the uh, St. Petersburg type things either. So, you know, in the, in the past, like Washington and Penn State last year were both at McMansion level. There's just not a lot of them this year. I, if I remember, if I'm looking correctly, I think Washington State and Michigan are the only two Power Five two loss teams that that they that we have right now in Washington State is and you know their non-con schedule was weak enough where they're not really in that uh, New Year's Six mix right now. So I, I say all that to say, Florida had a fine season. They're a good team, not a great team. Other years they wouldn't be in the discussion, but considering you know all, all they have to be right now is one of the twelve-ish best teams in the country to get in the New Year's Six, and from what we saw in the rankings Tuesday night, they're in that mix. If I had to guess, I'd say my house is probably the Outback Bowl, but I'm I'm not really going to go with that <laughs> just exactly. Um, so it, let me ask you this, because uh, before we get off the Gators, what's the single best thing other than potentially winning ten games, which is not small? You mentioned the Gators are great, are good, not great, but what's the best thing that Dan Mullen did this year? You think, and and you know, just in a, in a global sense. <sighs> That's a really good question. I think he's brought Thank some stability. That's why you get paid the big bucks. I think he's uh, brought yeah, stability. Sure. Yeah, right. Uh, if, if you got paid big bucks, you wouldn't be talking about the the, the Stroud Mansion, Stroud That's Manor, true. the Outback Bowl. You'd at That's least true. be citrus. May- at least Maybe I undersold citrus. it. I could have undersold it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll we'll get back on that analogy later. But yeah, so he brought back he brought back the uh, the, the respect of the program for sure, right? Yeah, he, he's. I think he's bringing stability, and you look at that in a bunch of different ways. The last, you know, the last, really, the last two regimes in McElwain and Muschamp, the offense was obviously bad. The defense was good to great, depending on the year. This year, Florida is one of three teams in the country. I, I'm a big, I like analytics. S and P plus is kind of my advanced metric of choice. Um, so there's only three teams in the country that are top 30 nationally: an offensive S and P plus, defensive S and P plus, and special teams. It's Georgia, UCF, and Florida. So again, that leads into the whole they're 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 good but not great in any one thing. But that's you know, again, from where they were to bring the offense and bring everything else up to the level of good and stable, it, it is certainly it certainly counts as something. And that's been the big thing that that Mullen has needed to do this year. You know, one of his talking points all year and in the off season, this is a program that had two four win seasons. And two conf- or, you know trips to the conference championship, and what was it a five year span? That's that's not stable. That's that's not that's not the way it's supposed to be. You should you when you're obviously they would like the peak to be higher, but your valleys need to be better than 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 four wins. So I think he's bringing some stability back in terms of that and where the program's headed because I don't see a four win season on their horizon as long as Mullen's there because he's at least shown that they can be and should be regularly at least a pretty good or good team. We don't know what the ceiling is yet, but they're at least going to be good to pretty good. We'll get to uh, Mackenzie Milton and UCF that plays Memphis on Saturday uh, for the AAC championship. Uh, that game's at 3.30. But I wanted to ask you about USF because, boy, it didn't seem like they were in the same league with UCF. How much work does Charlie Strong have to do? A ton. I mean, I, I knew there would be a drop-off. Um, going from last year to this year, you don't lose the best player in school history like they did and get better. That, that doesn't happen. I mean, 
Sure. Uh, on the other extreme, look at how how bad Louisville's been this this year without um, Lamar Jackson. So mm. at least they're not that bad. But you knew there was going to be a drop off, and you knew the seven and zero wasn't. It was a soft seven and zero. And uh, obviously, I was kind of saying that all all year, much to the chagrin of, of Bulls fans. But th- this is a USF isn't a program that should go seven and zero and then lose the last five and, and lose them the way they did. There's there's a huge gap between them and the elite in that conference. And obviously, the elite is the one on the other side of I four right now. And Charlie's got a lot of work to do. Um, there, there's certainly questions about his long term future there, and he needs to to answer them by recruiting at a very, very high level, making it clear that he's happy there and wants to be there in the long term and, and getting the guys, uh, you know, getting the guys to, to, uh, to, to fix these problems. I mean, the offense, uh, you know, the, the, a lot of the fans are unhappy with, with the way that they've uh, conducted themselves. I, I have questions about how, about the effectiveness of the two quarterback thing down the stretch. Um, so there's questions about the offense and, and Charlie's calling card over his career was a defense and the defense still has a lot of questions too. So th- there's a lot of work for them to do personnel wise and you know, recruiting wise. Obviously Charlie said after the game that we got to go out and get a, a lot better players, got bigger, faster, stronger guys. And he's right. And we'll see if he can do it. UCF winds up in the regular season, at least as the highest ranked team in the state of Florida, which I don't know how many people necessarily would have predicted that, but that's where they are. And of course they lose Mackenzie Milton, just a gruesome injury. Yeah. Um, and reading the statement from his family, it sounds, uh, and I remember Cecil Shorts, a player for the Bucks, dislocating his knee. Um, when you hear about restoring blood flow to the leg, that's that's a, a different uh, situation altogether. But now that, uh, and we'll get into the college football rankings for the championship uh, here in a second. But but look, they play Memphis, um, and they're going to have to play with the backup quarterback. Two two part question: one. Um, how close will this game be? I know it was very close when they played earlier this year, uh, now without Milton. And two, um, this even if they win, this has to have a dramatic, I would think, effect. I mean, this isn't like the NCAA basketball tournament where if you lose a key player, you know, they're going to look at you a little differently maybe for the seedings. But still in all, is UCF still expected to, to elbow their way uh, in, into the, the top four somehow? Well, I'll answer the last part first. Again, Maybe there's a scenario where UCF gets into the final four and, and gets into the playoff. I don't see it happening. I mean, yeah. I think their best case would be Bama Clemson winning Notre Dame. I, I'm assuming is in. So then there's going to be teams fighting for the fourth spot. So maybe if Georgia gets killed, maybe if Texas crushes Oklahoma, maybe if Northwestern sure. uh, knocks off um, knocks Ohio off Ohio State. State. And then in that case, UCF has to crush Memphis, which is a, a pretty good team. Um, they're not ranked by the committee, but I think they're in that, you know, 23 to 40 range, at least in, in my mind. Maybe mm-hmm. that's enough to get them in there. But that, that's that's a lot of ifs and uncertainty. Yeah, so I don't sure. I don't think they can they can get in. Um, the, the first thing though, is, is they have to take care of business and beat Memphis. And that is not a yeah. guarantee at all. I mean, the yeah. first time Memphis gave them everything they could handle. And maybe if they, if, if Memphis had handled the game a little bit differently down the stretch, we wouldn't be talking about this because, uh, or we wouldn't be talking sure. about the Knights in the playoffs, certainly because UCF would have a loss. So Memphis is absolutely capable of beating UCF. Uh, they're running back Daryl Henderson, explosive guy. Um, certainly an All-America candidate, if not kind of shoe in at that position. Um, 
And the, the big thing, obviously, UCF is without their, their quarterback. I mean, that, that shows up on the field, of course. Uh, Mac, the, the replacement, is, is a fine runner. We've seen him play you know, pretty well against USF and against a bad ECU team. But we don't know how he's going to do in a pressure pack situation like this. But there's the emotional side of it, too. I mean, yeah, heck, big time. It, it'll be eight days ago um, on game day that UCF saw their, their, you know, the heart and soul of the team. I hate the cliche, but it's true here. Go down with a horrific leg injury. Nobody knew what his future was going to be in terms of playing. And, you know, th- things could have been certainly a lot worse. And so I don't know what they're going to be able to do on Saturday if they get down. Let's say they get down 14 nothing early, which is, is something that could certainly happen. Who's going to be able to rally them? Is it going to be, you know, or are they going to be looking at each other like, uh, who, where, where, where's, where's McKenzie? Where, where, where's the, the voice of reason here to say it's all going to be okay? Or are they going to find a way to, to get past it? So, I, I you know, I think I, I picked Memphis to, to spring the upset just because Memphis is good enough. UCF has seemed a little bit shaky at times over the last month. And I think the injury to McKenzie Milton is kind of what, what might, you know, that's the reason I'm picking Memphis to win. Yeah, they'll try to rally around uh, that emotion and uh, I guess the uh, university's passing out. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 40,000 uh, Hawaiian lays uh, to honor Milton, which is kind of a nice gesture. So be an emotional, emotional game for UCF. All right, let's talk about some of these... Uh, conference championships and i'll start with the one that interests me the most although i don't think there's going to be an upset here but you never know alabama plays georgia saturday at four o'clock for the sec championship georgia's had some moments you know where they look where they look capable but i still think alabama is a cut above everybody yeah i i think so too i mean it'll be interesting to see at the end of the year, if, if Bama wins out, as I would expect them to, where we think about this Alabama team and the pantheon of great teams. I mean, in my lifetime, obviously, 01 Miami is, is the one that jumps out. 23 sure. Florida or uh, 2013 Florida State is certainly the best team that I've covered and that I've seen with my eyes. I mean, Jameis and I think every starter on that team at least got a cup of coffee in the NFL. And some of them are obviously still going and playing at a high level. So that's kind of the top two or two of the top ones in my mind. But this this Bama team might be up there. Like I said, the fact that all their games they've won by at least 20 points. Nobody's, you know, two has not even playing into the fourth quarter almost all the time. So it's not like they're playing nobody's either. I mean, they've got top 25 wins over... LSU and Mississippi State and, and Texas A&M and, and Auburn, which is a, a pretty good team. So I, I don't think Georgia can win. Or I don't, let me rephrase that. I don't think Georgia will win, but there's a scenario where they can. I mean, the, Georgia is a solid enough team. Jake Fromm is an experienced quarterback at this point who's efficient. They've got a good run game. Um, their, their defense is strong enough. 
And obviously we know what happened last year in the national title game. So we know that these two teams can be close. Bama seems a cut above this year, but it's not a gimme by any means. Yeah, and I mean, have you seen a better college quarterback? And I assume he's going to win the Heisman than Tua. His accuracy is what slays me. He's just, I mean, he's so, so accurate. He, he's he's extremely accurate. He can move. He's He can make all the throws. I mean, he's out of this world. I, I assume he will win the Heisman too, but I haven't decided whether I'm putting him as number one or number two on my Heisman ballot. I mean, the, the other guy in the mix is Kyler Murray from Oklahoma. Well, I mean, true. he's putting up ridiculous numbers too. They're both having two of the best seasons in terms of passing efficiency, which I think is kind of the, the telling stat, in the history of college football. Um, I mean, Kyler Murray is doing better than Baker Mayfield last year when Baker won the Heisman. So I think those two are, are very close in my mind. Um, I'm going to wait until after I see both, you know, see their games this weekend to determine who is going to be number one on, on my on my Heisman ballot. But, you know, two was added. There's no question he's added a dimension that Bama hasn't had before, at least in the Nick Saban era, with a really good passing attack. They've had... You know, the whole kind of game manager quarterbacks, your, your McElroy's and, and Jake Coker's and those guys. But Tua can really, really beat you with his arm, and, and that just opens up so many other possibilities. You know, Bama can win in a shootout, which they haven't been able to do before. Bama can win in a defensive struggle. They can win running the ball. They can win so many different ways, and, and that's really what Tua ha- has added to that team. Before you give Alabama the title of the greatest college football team, also check out the '86 Miami Hurricanes. They did go 11 and one and lose to Penn State in the national championship. But sure. Benny Testaverde, uh, Highsmith, Blaze—you uh, know—just it was a it was a great team. Um, I was okay, in diapers so, then, so I'm going to give I myself understand. a little bit of a well. Ball, you yeah. know, listen, I, I I can appreciate your youth, um, although it's wasted <laughs> on the young. Um, it is. Let's. I guess before we get to uh, my favorite game, only because it it, it wades me into this. What the hell happened to Michigan and my boy Jim Harbaugh? I mean, look, I thought for all the world if there was a, a year, and I should say Steve's boy, Jim Harbaugh, yes. at this point. I'm disowning him. But if there was ever a year <laughs> that Michigan was going to get Ohio State, and, and I recognized it was you know, it was at Ohio State, so maybe if it was in you know, the big house it might have been different. But this was the year. And yet what I saw, Matt, I don't know what you yep. thought of the game, but what I saw was – they were severely outcoached. This was the number one defense in the nation getting yep. abused by shallow crossing routes and whoever the hell number 28 is can't cover me. Um, it, it was just a clinic on out-scheming, out-coaching, out-executing what was supposed to be one of the best teams in the nation. This is kind of what Urban Meyer does, right? Just when you think yeah. things are, are, are done, I mean, he finds a way to do it in the big games. Um so does this mean Harbaugh is not going to be the next coach of the Bucks? Is that what you're telling me here? No, I actually makes him more eligible at this point because I might th- if they run him out of Michigan after going 0-4 against Ohio State. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not predicting what happened. What's happening to Dirk Cutter? But I assume they're going to live with him up there uh, at Michigan. Steve certainly <laughs> wants to. So yeah, you. I mean, you you can't get rid of the guy. After, he's got what three 10 win seasons in four years. I mean, that's right. No, but at some point he is going to have to. To, to be those guys and you I, I thought this would be the year um, just because Ohio State had had faded not looked very good but wouldn't you know Urban and his guys figure out what it is they needed to do and they were able to attack what had been like you said the past the best past defense and one of the best defenses overall in the country I mean 
it, it, it was stunning the, the way it went down. And I don't know what that says about Harbaugh, but I certainly know that it, it means Urban can still coach. I mean, he there were obviously major questions about his uh, about what he's been doing after the Maryland game and uh, Nebraska and some of the others. But look, Ur- Urban is still a great coach. He's still you know one of the top couple coaches of my lifetime and, and really in the history of the sport. And I don't know what his future is at Ohio State. It, it's it's, it's fascinating. He wouldn't really comment on it. Um, but I know that right now they're probably going to win the Big Ten, and they are absolutely in the mix for a college football playoff, which I would not have expected a week and a half ago. They play a Northwestern team, which has had a good year. Um, Pat Fitzgerald is the Big Ten coach of the year and probably deserving, I guess, of that. They're ranked 21. No chance they pull the upset here? No. I mean, there's always a chance and never say never, but no, sure. I mean, they're, they're just, Fitz, Fitz is a great coach. I mean, for, for Northwestern to be, to continue to do what it, they've done really under, under Fitz, which is not have the most talented teams, but always seem to be in the mix, again, at least decent, getting up to, to good in some cases, uh, you know, pretty darn good, um, for them to be in that mix is impressive for him to have the season that they did is impressive, but no, they don't have the horses. They don't have the coaches. I would be pretty stunned to see, to see Northwestern beat Ohio state. So that leads us to what's going to be uh, another big game uh, in the championship uh, weekend, which is Texas and and Oklahoma. Um, I think Texas is a better opponent than Northwestern. And if they have a good, if they have a good showing against them, meaning Oklahoma, and it comes down between Ohio state and Oklahoma, do we look at, at, at these this, this weekend and say, okay, what was the more impressive win? Because they're very similar teams in my mind. Yeah, they are, because they're both great offenses and, and shaky defenses. The difference is um, OU's office, offense is historically good and one of the best ever, um, and their defense is worse. Ohio State's offense is, is, is only very good, not you know historic. But their defense is better. So they're both flawed in, in similar ways, just kind of at, at slightly different extremes. I, I, Ohio State, I think it, I think they're going to crush Northwestern because I think they're going to come and, and play, tick off, play ticked off. And I think they're going to try and make a, a statement. And frankly, they need to. I mean, the, the most interesting thing, you know, Rob Mullins, the chair of the College Football Playoff Selection Committee, doesn't say much. And obviously, it's his job not to say much. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one interesting he, thing he said last night in a conference call with me and some other reporters is that Oklahoma right now has a better strength of schedule. That's not going to change Saturday because OU is playing a better Texas team, that, you know, a right. Texas team that is better than Northwestern. So that's only going to stay the same or mm-hmm. and get it to, it to be a bigger advantage even for the Sooners. Um, and I think the fact that if Oklahoma can win, they'll avenge the only team that beat them, which was, I think, in by three in a very close game and a neutral site. That to me is, is pretty compelling, much more so than Ohio State getting crushed on the road at 6-6 six and six Purdue. Um, so, yeah, I think if, if Oklahoma is able to avenge that loss against Texas, they're certainly going to have a case. But again, don't dismiss Georgia in this. It would take a lot for Georgia to get in the playoff as, as that number four seed, assuming they lose to Bama. I think that would, the, the criteria is they would have to be unequivocally better than the the uh, conference champion of, of OU or Ohio State but I certainly think it's it's a possibility I mean the, a lot of the advanced metrics like Georgia better um, 
think wow. you know, they've, they've got a, a solid enough uh, resume with some of the wins they have. I mean, top 10 win over Florida, top 15 win over Kentucky, and then Missouri entered the rankings at uh, 24 last night. So that gives um, that gives uh, Georgia another top 25 win. So there, there's a case to be made that they belong in there. I don't know that it'll happen, but I, I'm not dismissing it outright right now. Very interesting. Uh, I would uh, go ahead and pencil in Clemson um, to beat Pittsburgh in the ACC championship game. Um, so just looking at it as, as in terms of the way these teams are favored, let's assume uh, for the sake of my exercise here, Matt, that Alabama beats Georgia and beats them you know, fairly handily, 10, 10 points or more, whatever. Um, Clemson rolls Pittsburgh. Um, let's say, um, you know, Ohio State does a nice job against Northwestern and all things are equal. Oklahoma beats Texas. You got Notre Dame sitting here. They're not playing this weekend, but most people think that they're a top four team. So are we looking at Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, and then either, uh, Ohio State or Oklahoma? Is that what it's going to come down to? Yeah, I, I think Notre Dame's in. I mean, it, it's unfortunate for them that they're not playing this weekend. Um, but they don't need the, the 13th data point is a thing that became a, a big deal in 2014 when the Big 12 got left out. They don't need That's it. Right. And here's how I can justify that easily. Um, Clemson played, what was it, Furman a couple weeks ago? Bama yeah. played some, uh, the, the Citadel. Okay, North uh, Notre Dame didn't play any 1AA's. So you... Get rid of the one double A's, and then everybody will have played twelve, uh, you know, twelve uh, mm-hmm. Division One FBS teams. So their schedule is going to be fine. Notre, Notre Dame's in. I, I can't, I can't see a scenario right now where they get knocked out. So yeah, to me, right. it's going to be Ohio State, Oklahoma, and again potentially Georgia as that number four. Hmm. And I guess that's why they play the games to see how they turn out and and and. And how the games go, even mar- does margin of victory now factor into that? You can see teams trying to get over over top of, uh, of not just winning, but winning big, right? Oh, yeah, I absolutely think Urban's going to try and do that to to Fitz and, and my alma mater. I mean, that, that's, <laughs> that's the only thing they can control at this point is how they perform. So I absolutely think he's going to try and run it up and what uh, Ohio State beat Wisconsin was like 59 nothing in the Big Ten title game a few years ago. I think they're going to try and do something like that to try and say, okay, we just kicked the crap out of two top 25 teams. One of them was, was a, a top five team at the time. You going to leave us out, really? Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure that's that's probably the way it's going to go, but we'll see. That's why they play the games. Matt? Great stuff. Of course, we appreciate it all year. We'll be talking to you again, I hope, next week uh, and, and setting up what should be a pretty exciting uh, bowl series, you know, New Year's Day bowl, New Year's Day 6. We got the national championship semifinals and championship coming up. It's going to be college football in its final swing here to see uh, who we're going to, if anyone can knock off Alabama. What do you want to bet it's Alabama Clemson right now? Yeah, I mean, it. it, it is. Like, <laughs> it, it just is. I mean, uh, but but I'm I'm cool with that. The, the first yeah. the first one was a lot of fun. The second one was great. The third yeah. one was not. But I mean, I said I, I kind of joked in a tweet at the start of the season. Somebody nationally was saying something about maybe maybe baseball and how few teams have a chance to 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 win it all. Um, and I joked that I'm I'm glad I cover a sport where everyone has a chance to win the national championship. Asterisk. 
as long as that team is Alabama, Clemson, or Ohio State. And <laughs> I certainly think that's the way it is. Ohio State obviously had, in my mind, top three talent, but they haven't made the most of it until really last week. But Bama and Clemson are a, a cut above everybody else. Um, so, it, you know, I, I, I'd love to see them. I, I don't know what the crowd's going to be like out in, in Santa Clara, which is quite a long ways from is, from yeah. Tuscaloosa and, and South Carolina. But um, I think that, that that's going to be a, a fun matchup. And I'll give you one other thing to go out on. Florida's New Year's Six Bowl possibilities. I don't know if UCF is going to a is going to win, but I don't know if they're going to want to match Florida up with UCF, unfortunately. So I'm Ooh. I'm hoping it's Florida, Michigan. Um, obviously, mm. I'd like that to be in the Fiesta Bowl because the Fiesta Bowl is a wonderful place to watch a, a game. And I'd rather be out there January 1st than in, in Atlanta on December 29th for selfish family reasons. But how about uh, Jim McElwain against the Gators? That wouldn't be bad. I could, I could definitely see that, and it'd be a nice trip to boot. Matt, thanks so much. We appreciate it as always. You got it. Thanks, Rick. Looking forward to college championship weekend for sure. Also, we got the Lightning hosting the Buffalo Sabres tonight. Buffalo has won 10 in a row. That ties a franchise record, and this is a battle for first place. Should be an exciting game uh, for sure. Yeah, who would have thought, could... thought the Buffalo Sabres on November 29th is in first place in the Atlantic Division, and actually the Eastern Conference? I mean, it's shocking, and they had a heck of a game up there in Buffalo, um, which I thought they should have won. But Yeah, the Lightning um, outplayed the Sabres, uh, but Carter Hutton, the goalie, uh, kept them to just one goal, and Buffalo was able to pull out that victory. So I think the Lightning will be very motivated to stop that 10-game winning streak. For sure, and it's been a nice homestand for them already. That would be a great way uh, to continue that. We're also going to get you ready. Of course, Football Friday, uh, Bucks. Hosting Carolina, Carolina reeling a little bit, uh, and they are one and five on the road. But they are certainly a formidable uh, team and a, an important NFC South uh, division game for both those teams. Obviously, as the Bucks have very slim chances, probably have to try to run the table to get into any kind of wild card conversation. And we're going to do it all and talk to Tom Jones, our columnist with the Tampa Bay Times, and uh, hook up with my former radio partner. It should be should be a lot of fun. So keep it right here on Sports Day. Tampa Bay. And remember, uh, for all your solar needs, if you're tired of paying these high electric bills, go call my friends at May Electric Solar. If you do this now, you can receive a 30% tax credit by changing the solar energy through through 2019. Call May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 